Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. A desire to bring the truth to the forefront and a refusal to back down. The Roy Green Show continues. Here's uh, one of the reasons why people would call in and say, unanimously as they did, that Donald Trump is doing a better job for Americans and for the United States than Trudeau is doing for Canadians in Canada. Mike Pompeo from Global News, Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State, United States, said Washington will agree to lift sanctions on North Korea if the country agrees to completely dismantle its nuclear weapons program. Meanwhile, sanctions have been returned on Iran. So you can see the smart business move this is. And it's also going to help the people of North Korea who have been starving and suffering tremendously under their despotic leader. So if Kim Jong-un does away with his nuclear program completely, then the United States will agree to lift all the sanctions on the country. Smart move. Uh, I read a column. I, I, first of all, I have to say this. I'm a big fan of Tristan Hopper, who writes for the National Post. And he called out the myth that Western Canada would be richer if, quote, we only refined our own oil, end quote. And uh, Tristan's column that I read the uh, day before yesterday was why Canada shouldn't refine the oil it exports. And it points to the fallacies of that position, including since 1970, only one refinery has been built in Western Canada, and that that one is kind of a boondoggle. Tristan Hopper joins us on the Roy Green Show. Tristan, thank you so much for taking the time. Anytime, thank you. So, uh, Mr. Horgan, the Premier of British Columbia has had the violin out and was playing the old familiar refrain, if only we refi- refined our own gas or our own oil, then our gas would be cheaper. What's the fallacy there? Yeah, and this is, uh, this is very popular uh, across Western Canada and probably all of Canada, uh, this belief that uh, we're basically just you know, letting our resources be fleeced from us by foreign producers and then uh, we're not making any money out of it. And if we were really smart, uh, we would add more value to those products domestically. Now, this isn't just an NDP thing. I've, I mean, every side of the political spectrum has followed this myth. Uh, but that's what it is. It is a myth. Um, the, I mean, the number one thing overarching all of it is that uh, the assertion is that there's money to be made from oil that we're foolishly just letting slip through our fingers. Now, I live in Alberta. 
um, I've, I've met a lot of oil executives. You can accuse oil executives of a lot of things, but failing to make money isn't one of them. So that's just the one thing overarching all of this. Um, you're essentially assuming that the oil industry is so stupid uh, that they're just <laughs> letting billions of dollars uh, leave our borders. If we, if we would make billions more dollars by refining all the oil here, it uh, seems like something they would have done by now. But I've got more numbers uh, beyond that. But uh, that, that's sort of the, the number one reason why you know this is a bit of a fallacy. Now, you also write in your column, even our existing refineries aren't running at full capacity. That's right. So uh, last year, uh, it was around 84%. Uh, now, they're not supposed to be 100%. There are shutdowns. You've got to switch from winter to summer gas, et cetera. But uh, usually they're around uh, 95%. So that's 9%. Uh, the, a gap between what our refineries are running at and what they could be running at. And compare that to the United States, where their refineries are running at 91%. Uh, so, obviously, if this was a red-hot market for refined products and we were just, you know, raking in the cash by uh, refining our oil, it seems uh, to follow that our refineries would already be running full tilt instead of kind of being a little sluggish and certainly behind the Americans. Yeah, and, you know, we have refineries in eastern Canada, but Energy East, the pipeline, was stopped in Quebec, so we can't even get our oil to our own refineries. We have to bring 700,000 barrels a day in to keep those refineries busy. That's right. And, and I guess th- there is some dispute on whether uh, Energy East would have supplied uh, refineries uh, because it, it, it's heavy oil coming through that, that pipeline, and I don't know if a lot of these That's true, yeah. are yeah. rigged up for that. So it's a, there's still a possibility that it could have been an expert pipeline. But uh, it, it, that's another fact that I don't think a lot of Canadians know is that, uh, I mean, usually when you're saying we should refine the oil here, people have this vision that almost all of our oil is going to the Americans, they turn it into gas and then sell it back to us at a premium. We're such suckers. Uh, But when you actually look at the export numbers, which is maintained by the government of Canada, uh, we export uh, 2.5 million cubic liters uh, of refined products per year, and we only import 1.5 million cubic liters. So we're we're ahead of the Americans. So, yes, we are burning a lot of gas that is refined by Americans, but the Americans are burning way more gas that is refined by us first. So we do have a relatively robust uh, domestic refinery industry, uh, which, again, um, if it made sense to expand that industry, uh, it seems like something we would have done already. And we should have done. Uh, quite some time ago, I, I, I would surmise, simply because we don't have a massive population, and we could easily take care of all our, all of our uh, res- uh, not responsibilities but requirements, uh, as far as o- getting the oil out of the ground is concerned, and then refining it. We we could have gotten that done a long time ago if it done been done properly. Well, technically, we can, uh, <clears throat> since. We are a, a, a sort of net exporter uh, of refined products. So if you look at all the refinery capacity across Canada, uh, yes, we can absolutely uh, already refine well more refined products than we need here domestically. Now, the problem is geography. Uh, if you've looked at a map late, lately, uh, we are a one-dimensional country splayed along a 6,400-kilometer border with the United States. So that's where you get this weird situation where we're simultaneously uh, importing and exporting fuel. So in Western Canada... Um, basically all of the gas stations from Vancouver all the way to Edmonton uh, and Calgary, all of that is refined locally. And then maybe that'll start to slow down. Uh, maybe in northern Ontario and parts, you're, you're using more American gas. But on the whole, in the aggregate, uh, we've got way more refineries. Our refinery capacity uh, is quite high, uh, so, so much as compared to other countries. So, so much for Mr. Oregon's argument. Uh, that he should increase refineries. So, yeah, if you look at the economics uh, in the piece, um, just looking at, we already have refinery capacity. Uh, it's 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 very unlikely that we would build a refinery that could make. Because that's the thing, you're gonna 
you're going to refine a bunch of gasoline, people still have to buy it. Now, the people currently buying our oil, it's not like you go to the ports and say, oh, you were going to fill up this tanker full of oil for your refineries, but here's the thing. How would you just fill up with our super expensive gasoline? Because it's still Canada. There's Canadian land prices. There's Canadian labor costs. It's very expensive gasoline. Most places, China, the United States, are going to say, well, no, we were actually looking to buy oil for our refineries. We're not suddenly going to turn around and buy another product. It's like when you go to the store and you're looking to buy some flowers, and they say, well, how about you buy this, uh, sorry, some flour, uh, wheat flour, um, and they turn around and say, well, how about buy these artisanal crackers? You're saying, well, I was coming to get the wheat flour in the first place. (laughs) So uh, most likely... It's strange to hear John Horgan and the Green Party pushing the idea of more refinery cap- capability. The reason they're doing it uh, is because if you fill a tanker full of uh, gasoline, it's safer for the environment than oil. Um, you know, it, it sort of floats better on the surface. It's easier to clean up. I get that. But most likely, if you look at the economics of the situation, if you ex- expand refinery capability, you're going to be e- creating a bunch of gasoline and diesel that nobody wants to buy. So I struggle to think of something worse for the environment than a multi-billion dollar facility um, that is basically doomed and creates gas and uh, diesel that nobody wants. Well, you explain that so well in the section of the uh, column. The people buying our oil generally aren't interested in our gas and diesel. That's right. Uh, So uh, most of our oil is being consumed by the United States. So, um, I mean, the tricky thing here is we are uh, sharing we are sharing a border with the United States, who are they the world's largest refiner of oil, and they're the most experienced at doing it. So they have you know hundreds of refineries that they paid the mortgages on long time ago. Uh, They can, in most cases, there's a few very choice exceptions, but for the most most part. Uh, they can make gasoline and diesel way cheaper than we can. So that's the thing. We build a refinery here in Canada. Uh, we, we get it, we crank it up, and then the per liter cost of the diesel we create, uh, we, you can't hold the candle to the per liter, uh, per liter cost of the diesel they're creating in the United States. So we, we still have to compete uh, with the stuff that they create, and they're just pretty good at doing it. And again, um, the only way we're going to suddenly expand this new market for Canadian gas and diesel is if we sell it at a competitive price. And there's been analysis of this, just how can we extract more value out of our oil. And the conclusion is, eh, maybe there's a few geographic places where you could slightly expand the amount of Canadian gas being made. But for the most part, you're just going to create a bunch of extra gas and diesel nobody wants to buy, and you probably can't get it to market, because if you haven't noticed lately, we have a bit of a problem building pipelines in this country. (laughs) Tristan, can you hold on? Sure. Okay, because there's more I want to talk to you about, about the... uh about the column. I love that line. Uh, have you looked at a map recently? I'm, I'm going to use that in the future. I'm going to claim that line. Tristan Hopper is with us, writes for the National Post, and uh, his column that, that we're speaking about is why Canada shouldn't refine the oil it exports. If you uh, you want to really find out about the, uh, the industry, I, I read all of Tristan's columns. It's really excellent, excellent, informative material. We'll come right back. You're only as good as your word, and he stands by his. This is the Roy Green Show. Next half hour, Scott Newark's going to be with us. We'll get Scott's thoughts on the self-confessed ISIS assassin living in Toronto. 
And uh, one of the questions is, and Scott and I talked about this a little bit a couple of weeks ago, Alec Manassian uh, has his lawyers in place, and now the whole procedure seems to be on pause. And the question that I asked Scott about three weeks ago, um, immediately after the terrible events, was whether an NCR defense might be uh, tried, not criminally responsible. We'll talk to uh, Scott Newark about that as well. Tristan Hopper is with me now, National Post columnist. His most recent column is Why Canada Shouldn't Refine the Oil at Exports. Tristan, you point out in the column, and I'm just reading the, the, uh, the headline line of the, the section of the column, where you say Western Canada has built precisely one refinery since the 1970s, and it's kind of a boondoggle. What's the story? Uh, that's right. Uh, it's actually 1980s. I got that wrong. I think there was one um, in 1984. But generally in Canada, uh, we close refineries. That's certainly what we've been doing since the 1980s. Our refinery capacity has actually gone up. So it's sort of like what's happening with newspapers. Uh, you just sort of close the small refineries and then consolidate the existing ones. Uh, but anyway, the only new one we've built since the early 1980s was the Sturgeon Refinery uh, here in Alberta. So it's in, you know, if you're going to talk about building new refineries, you should probably look at the example of the Sturgeon Refinery. Uh, here in Alberta, because it was built for similar reasons. It was uh, local politicians saying, well, we're, you know, value added is better than pulling it out of the ground. You know, we, we, you know, politicians like the idea that we export finished product out of Alberta. So the Surgeon Refinery was uh, built, $9 billion refinery. It's, all, it's 100% over its original cost. It was only supposed to be $4 billion. Now it's $9 billion. Uh, supported with huge amounts of government money. 75% of the bitumen it receives is free. The, uh, the Alberta government just gives it a bunch of bitumen uh, for free to turn into diesel. And then, um, so it's already twice over cost. And the day it opened um, last year, uh, Alberta was currently under a diesel glut. We had way too much diesel. And then suddenly there's this new refinery that uh, you know, obviously was not needed at all. So, uh, yes, I, I think I'm, I'm pretty safe in calling it a boondoggle. And I think very few... Uh, Albertans would disagree with me. It's, it's sort of something we like to laugh about here. So that's the peril uh, of this idea that it, it's better to have refineries and finished product. I mean, this, this myth that a, a, a more advanced country exports finished product. You could end up with a $9 billion refinery supplied with free bitumen uh, that is doing nobody any good, uh, which you know is worse for the environment than the alternative of just not building it. Mm-hmm. Here's another uh, section of your column for the Premier of British Columbia. Good luck getting private investors to fund all these new refineries. Uh, that's right. So it's not a great time uh, to build refineries in, in Canada. So uh, once again, uh, we're sharing a border with the United States where they've got all the refinery capacities. If you ask the oil industry, they'll say, well, if you need something refined in North America, we've got enough sort of slowed down refineries that all we need to do is just find a way to get product to those and just sort of increase the capacity of existing refineries. Uh, so, of course, that's, you know, again, uh, BC is pursuing this for environmental reasons. So, you know, reuse is better than recycle. And, you know, both of those are better than building a plant that no one needs. Uh, so we already have the existing refinery capacity to take care of all of our needs. Uh, we just need to maximize it. Uh, and then uh, you're, you're going to see sort of peak oil consumption uh, happening around 2030, uh, if not sooner. So this is coming from oil companies. They're thinking we're probably going to reach... A peak oil consumption as you shut down oil power plants, as you sort of shift towards renewables. Uh, so uh, a refinery is a pretty big investment. It could take up to 30, 40 years to pay off. Uh, now you're looking at a situation now where you build a refinery and then maybe it's got 10 good years 
uh, of earning money, and then it's uh, you know t- 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 the the next twenty thirty years, it's uh, looking at looking at a constricting petroleum market. So there's a variety of reasons why, if you are invest an investor with ten billion dollars, there are so many other places you would put that rather than a refinery in Canada. I mean, the most optimistic assessment I could get for this, this is by the agency IHS Market. They looked into, does it make sense to build a refinery in Canada? And their conclusion was, it could make sense in a very specific regional scenario, but even then, there are incredible risks. So yeah, you have to imagine, again, $10 billion, you want to invest it in oil. You'd be way better off putting that into pipelines or putting it into Chinese refineries or putting into it into oil extraction. It really does not make a lot of sense to do it privately, which is why um, when you hear a politician say we need to increase refinery capacity, that most likely means uh, heavily subsidized government propped up refinery capacity because it doesn't make any sense for the private sector. Okay, I've heard the people who oppose refineries make the argument that they're too expensive for what the return is going to be. They make the argument that renewables are going to be uh, really dominant in the marketplace in the very near future, so why would somebody be spending billions and billions of dollars to build pipelines? But you just made the case for pipelines. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's still got profit because there is still... Oil is an easier product to sell. Uh, that, that's one thing. I, I never thought about it before I did the research. Uh, for this article, which uh, crude oil uh, never goes bad, and everybody's looking to buy it. Uh, now, refined products are a whole different ballgame, uh, because, uh, first of all, they go bad. Uh, anybody who's left their car for over a year and then finds that it doesn't start because the gas has gone stale knows that. Um, and you don't know what the energy mix is going to be in a specific country. So take the example of Japan. Japan has no domestic uh, oil extraction industry, but they refine all their own oil. Uh, now, Japan uh, maybe is going to have more diesel cars and gasoline cars, and they know what share of it is going to be kerosene for jet fuel and whatever, uh, which is why it's just easier when they just go abroad, buy the crude oil, and then ship it back to the refineries and then you know, make what is needed. Um, you know, the expiry dates are maximized because, uh, obviously, the, the product is being created right there. So if in Canada we're suddenly just creating a bunch of gasoline or diesel, um, it's harder to sell that because, you know, crude oil, everybody wants it at all times. It never goes bad. Uh, if there's an, an economic slowdown, like there was over the past few years, Alberta just stored it up. If we couldn't sell enough fuel, we were still keeping up our production and then just filling up every tank around the province. You can't do that with refined products because it goes bad. So, uh, yeah, that, that's one reason why it's easier and often, oftentimes more profitable just to stay, stay in the crude oil markets and why um, it's unreasonable to assume that for every barrel of crude oil we're selling, we could somehow also sell those people uh, a barrel of diesel or a barrel of gasoline. Tristan, thank you so much for the time. I hope you'll come back. Anytime. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Yeah, there's uh, Tristan Hopper writes for the National Post and the column we were talking about. You can find it uh, either in the newspaper or online, Why Canada Shouldn't Refine, the oil it exports. Love that line. Have you looked at a map recently? <laughs> when we come back, Scott Newark, ISIS, Alec Manassian, and that terrible situation in uh, Paris yesterday. Don't go away.